Hey guys, before we jump in, I want to invite you to follow me on socials. You can follow me on Twitter at what I will say pod, on Instagram at what I will say, also on TikTok at what I will say, and of course, what I will say.tumblr.com will take you to my blog where you can keep up with my day to day pop culture takes. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Just search what I will say to access hours upon hours of bonus content, our secret community Discord, and so much more. Or if the Patreon is not for you, you can give us a five star rating and a good review, or even just tell a friend about the show. All of those things help us out a lot. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. Very special day today. My good friend and fellow Gaylor Sim is on, and we're going to talk. Tayliz, Sim wrote the Tayliz Master Post. And um, if you want to follow along with us, you can go to taylizmasterpost.tumblr.com. Um, Sim, thanks for, so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm pod. happy to be here. Um. So, do you want to say a little bit about how you found me and how we met and, like, uh, what got you interested in Taylor's and why you're interested in all this stuff? Yeah. So, uh, let's see. I think I was on Twitter, like, months and months ago and someone was talking about, like, the Swift Grand podcast. And, like, months before that, I'd listened to, like, Tadar and stuff like that before COVID and all that had started. But I was like, there's a podcast and I haven't heard of it. So I listened to it and then I got to your like so it goes crack episode where you guys were <laughs> like um I think like Kayler had a much rockier start than it's like believed and I was like I also think that cuz I had this giant crazy spreadsheet of lyrics um stuff and I was like no one sees this but I see all like kind of when you talk about seeing through the matrix uh so I I am you on Tumblr and then I happened to join like the Swift Ground Intelligence Agency as you call it, like right around the time when Tilly was a thing. And I don't believe in Tilly. Right. We got so into Tilly for like a couple weeks. We were like, Tilly, Tilly, Tilly. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. Tilly's such bullshit. Like, that's... yeah, I don't believe in Tilly, but I believe in the spirit of Tilly. I love the idea that is there like... is a mystery woman, you know, yes. that there is some woman that maybe came after Carly before Joe or, her, or that Joe is covering up or. You know, like yeah. a mystery woman, maybe after Diana, but before Carl. I, I love the spirit of a mystery woman, right? I also just love the chaos and research that was done, like cracking open things. And so then I helped rep with the like realistic K timeline and I right. enjoyed it. But I was like, it's so weird that there's this period people just call the lost years. Because she was on Facebook. Right. Yeah. Like, and my it's not lost. And- it's all there. We just have mm-hmm. to do the work, you know? And I also am not a fan of Tamely, just as, like, an idea. No, um, me neither. I know a lot of gay people's first experiences are with, like, predatory older people when they're under 18, but, like... I mean, I don't think a lot... Like, it's a thing that happens, but, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it does happen. And, I mean... I Tamely makes me uncomfortable. I... T- there are some sort of suspicious things around it. But, like, I don't want to sit around and glorify it or talk about it all that much. I, I like to say maybe Taylor had an unrequited crush. That's kind of what I hope. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's it's not fun to, like, do... A, you don't want to, like, go around doing lyric analysis to be, like, for this this problematic age difference relationship. Like, so yeah. I've never bothered talking about it. But that's what's so great about Taylor is, is that mm-hmm. it it is... It would account for those lost years, at least in yeah. some and they had this like like the story at the time like Liz was such a character in the fandom at the time which I didn't realize until I started researching but when she eventually 
she was really close with Taylor for like three years, three or four years. They were on the Fearless Tour and Speak Now Tour together. And then Liz mysteriously doesn't get invited back for the Red Tour, even though she's like telling people she's going to be on it. And like she doesn't get invited back. And it's really weird because they just suddenly like have a friendship breakup. And it's very dramatic like that. Um, And so to the point where even fans heard the last time when it came out on the Red Album and they were like, if it weren't for the like, in my dreams, you're touching my face line. Like, I would think this song is about Liz. And so it's, like, always been there in the fandom mythos. I think just Gaylor didn't really get that big until Swift Gron. Like, not even Kaylor big, but, like, on the radar, really. I mean, the, the, before Swift Gron, or around as Swift Gron started, the problem with searching out Gaylor history is the LChat threads from before Taylor's birthday in 2011 are gone. So, like, mm-hmm. there were people keeping an eye on Taylor. I mean, probably, like, 50 people, like, 100 people reading the thread, like, 10 people posting it regularly, probably. Like, it just was, Gaylor was not a thing back then because nobody thought she was gay, right? Everybody was like, oh, mm-hmm. that girl's so straight. She's always singing about boys. But, um, yeah, nobody was keeping an eye out for it. And then when Kayler came along and everybody got turned on to it, everybody had Kaylor goggles and I don't think, I don't, I don't think people were as interested in the truth, like the, the reality. And of course we're interested in the truth. That doesn't mean we found it. We just think we have, but like we are interested in good faith efforts to try and find the truth. So trying to make sense of things like, well, what's going on with Kaylor since they've been together once in four years and Taylor's friends are liking tweets that, you know, yeah, Carly betrayed her or, you know, it, it sounds like kind of sus that Diana is supposed to be this toxic evil villain when like, everybody who's ever met her says she's the sweetest person on earth that and right and so we're we're interested in finding the truth are we finding it who knows but like yeah i think for a while people just wanted kayler and kayler to be in game and get taylor to be gay and they didn't care about okay but what are the nuances behind her different relationships and like what is you know what's going on with mm-hmm different people in her life and I just think they wanted to find a couple ex-girlfriends they found some suspicious stuff around Emily they of course Diana Wonderland easy to point out right and they they kind of logged it all up and said okay that you know she's got two ex-girlfriends that's enough and now there's Carly and that's all we care about and they didn't want to find out like the nature of each relationship and like the you know and of course Mm -hmm. just because we want to find that doesn't mean we are finding it i'm not saying we know anything for a fact you know you guys know me i'll be the first to say this is what i believe but and and i mean here's all the evidence and it really does make me strongly believe this but i don't know for sure right but yeah i i I just think our side of the fan i mean we're used to looking at the past too anyway because Mm -hmm. like swiftcrons know that nothing's going on between swiftcron except maybe a, a friendship of some type and so we're always like mining the past to try and find other stuff but You've also yeah. done some work, like, archiving or something, right? You kind of... Yes. I, I have studied archiving, and so that's why I find this very fun, because it is kind of, like, digital archiving, especially considering it constantly gets deleted. I do think it's important to, like, save this stuff. We need to save our history. The, do you know... the? Did you see on the blog the other day where the White Flowers detectives came along? Do you know, yeah. have you seen, and they were like, the master posts need to be saved. For the listener, I'm not sure what the white flower detectives are, but I think they're just some, I think it's honestly, okay, I think it's a troll. Like, it's obviously not a source, but it's someone who pretends to be a source. And like, they seem to have a soft spot for Swiftron, but they, mm-hmm. they, and on different blogs, and they're always like, we're the white flower detectives. And they were like coming through and 
like they were like the master posts need to be preserved and i told kara i was like oh my god these trolls came through and like telling me to preserve the master posts and she was like ah yeah and then she was like but maybe you should she was like do you have them backed up somewhere <laughs> like yeah but like the truth is this is like our folklore this is like our modern yes. folklore modern folklore maybe that's what i'll name the episode um uh, oh so yeah liz, that's a good one. liz is very much like she was like she was a fan fave she was very mm-hmm. expressive. She was heavily featured in lots of Taylor's social media, her vlogs about tour. It was always about Liz and how fun and funny and cute she was. And I have really grown to like Liz. She seems to be a bit of a wild child, seems to be a bit of a train wreck in some parts of her life. Um, she's very relatable. Uh, and yeah, so let's go to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Liz and Taylor met three times before they like were friends they had these three different meetings and invisible string tees <laughs> two of them were liz was actually in a meet and greet line um for taylor's shows one of them she was actually working at the uh, place but she'd go in these meet and greet lines and she'd walk up to taylor and she'd be like i love you i'm such a fan and this is in like 2006 so before taylor swift was like taylor swift right and so Taylor would talk to Liz in like these meet and greet lines and be like, oh, you want to be a singer? That's so cool. Like, let me hear you sing. And Liz would. And after a few times that this happened, Taylor ended up telling Liz she needed to move to Nashville. And I find this really funny because Liz is actually from like around San Bernardino, I think, in California. So she definitely didn't need to move to Nashville. She was already around like the LA area if she wanted to be a musician. I think, but Liz ends up like. T- well, I think Taylor was probably just like, "Well, it worked for me." So I think everybody. Yeah, exactly. And and Liz like just like full heartedly takes Taylor's advice and moves to Nashville, and I think that's really funny and very like, I'm enamored with you. I'm obsessed with you, even just in like a platonic or celebrity or like, I look up to you way. But it's also very gay in my opinion to like. That reminds me, I got that Anon on the blog that was like, do you think Taylor or Diana would ever, like, meet and fall in love with a fan? It's, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like, <laughs> it felt like maybe a younger person was kind of saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, and you messaged me and you were like, yeah, it already happened. Her name was Liz Hewitt. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, like, 2006. Like, Taylor's so open with her friend, her fans now, even. Mm-hmm. like more than other celebrities but imagine what that must have been like before she was like taylor swift like right. liz got so lucky so um liz moves to nashville on her 21st birthday but before then and their last encounter together before liz decides to move to nashville taylor goes on this show to perform called dance wars and it's like entirely scrubbed from the internet now you can't find almost any episodes but taylor writes a myspace post about it and she says about Liz, and this is so gay, she says, there was always something different about her that stuck out in my mind. I love that. I do, too. I mean, it's, t- see, right off the bat, Taylor's, like, iconic. You have girls moving across the country for each other. Taylor's writing, there's always something that stuck out about her in my mind. Like, it's just, I love it. This is definitely a mm-hmm. fanfic. This is, like, you know, you fall in love with a celebrity fanfic and you become her backup singer and like you guys fall in love like yeah. I'm living for it. I'm loving it. It's like gay Wattpad stuff. Like it's so funny. So um, that's in February 2008 that Taylor uh yeah. that MySpace post. Yeah, and then Liz doesn't come to Nashville until 2009. Okay. 
No, she moves later that summer, and then they start, they do their first performance together in February 2009. Okay. At the San Antonio Rodeo. And this is one of the other things I love about Taylor is, is Taylor is constantly casting Liz as, like, the other woman. Right. So, like, in their first performance together, they do this performance of You Belong With Me, and they never do this again after this. But they have a talking section in the middle of the song where Liz pretends to be, like, the other girlfriend. Oh, my gosh, and, it's so cute. Yeah, I love it. And this is Liz's first performance with Taylor. But afterwards, George Strait, who's also performing at the San Antonio Rodeo, comes backstage to surprise Taylor in her dressing room. And Taylor and Liz take a photo together. And Liz is literally, like, laying her arm on Taylor. They've known each other for, like, five seconds. And they're, like, super close, like, cheek to cheek, like, hand on thigh. It's really funny. Um, right. I, I know Taylor loves to do a skit in a performance. So it's just really cute that she was like doing that with Liz. I love it. I wish they'd kept it. I thought it was funny. Like the parts yeah. of it you can hear, of course, cause it's like shaky phone from 2009 video, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had trouble sort of knowing even what was going on, but I could tell something was, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that whole casting the girl as the other woman. It's so, it's very Jolene of her, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just, I feel like that's, sometimes for closeted girls like being pretending to be jealous of the girl their supposed male love interest is interested in is like actually just shorthand for like actually i'm really into you and that's why i'm so obsessed yeah. with you right so i mean I'll- we'll get we'll get to that when we get to better than revenge okay 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 because <laughs> that's wild anyway so liz still hasn't like officially joined the band but throughout february and march she's kind of floating around but she's in the back of pictures at austin's 17th birthday party which is oh, crazy damn. to me. I didn't know it's that. Like, how did she get there? It's very much like, you know, the the photos of like Carly supposedly being at Andrea's birthday. Right. And they've like, it's like, why is she there? Right, 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 right. And then later when they audition dancers for the Fearless tour, Liz is sitting right next, like in between Taylor and her mom at the casting table. Like she, her input is more important to Taylor than her mom's. That's so cute. Now, wait, I want to backtrack real quick because Taylor does that vlog where she's wearing the cardigan that looks like cardigan, the cardigan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The cardigan cardigan is from this vlog right at the start of Taylor's where Taylor goes to London without Liz because Liz is still being like tested out as a backup singer. Mm -hmm. And it's the I hope it's going to make you notice vlog. And she's wearing the cardigan. And I don't know what that means. I mean, I have theories based on the original lyrics. Obviously, I don't think the song is actually about Liz. But Liz is my favorite person to do, like, crack theory songs for. We, we're going to have to talk about Cruel Summer at the, end of, like, at the end of this episode when we talk about Liz. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing. It's a Kayla and We'll get into it. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah. But it is interesting that that cardigan has showed up for Taylor before, you know, folklore. And it was all the way back when she, you know, Liz wasn't there. But she did mm-hmm. have this cardigan, you know, in her apparel. When mm-hmm. she met Liz. Um, yeah. What does I hope it's going to make you notice mean? Why do you call it? Is that the name of the song? or just what That's the name of the vlog. I think it's the name of the song. Because at that point she was naming all her vlogs after songs. But I also. Oh my god. What a fucking. Taylor's such a fanfic dork. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. I also wonder if she might have changed the name of the vlog. Like recently. Because once again, I'm just as new as to this as you are. But I wonder if Taylor went back and changed the name of the YouTube video to I hope it's going to make you notice before Folklore came out. 
what if she did? I'm sure somebody would have noticed. I mean, yeah. you know, those hardcore Swifties keep up with this stuff. Anyway. Yeah. So we're so, so Taylor's auditioning dancers for the Fearless Tour. And Liz sits next to her to give her like input. Um, and she's sitting in between Taylor and her mother. And she's not even officially her backup singer yet. Like she doesn't officially join the band until April 12th, 2009, which is, which is what makes the earlier two instances so much funnier is because she's not even officially hired yet. Like they're still testing her out, but she gets to pick the dancers to come on the tour. So like, obviously they're obsessed with each other. I don't know in what way, but like something's happening. And then the fearless tour starts at the end of April. um, And when they go to London for the fearless tour, Taylor makes this MySpace post where she basically implies her and Liz are sharing a room because, like, she wakes up to Liz's alarm. Right. And you talked to Sean about this, right? Yeah. So Sean, Sean gave some input. And I actually, I talked to somebody else in the industry, too, who specifically works on tours. And they both agreed it's a little strange. Typically, the, the main talent will have their own room. If it's certainly if it's a solo act, if it's a band, you know, who knows where they're all sort of equal, who knows. But it is a bit odd. Now, the only thing I think we all can agree on is it's Taylor. Taylor's a girl's girl. She loves her besties. She might not have wanted to stay in a room alone. But it's 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 a bit odd for somebody, you know, by the time the Fearless Tour took off, you know, Love Story was the number one hit in the country. Like she was a big deal at that point, and she absolutely would have been afforded her own room if she wanted it. So yeah. she was absolutely cheap. This isn't something that they did because they were on a shoestring budget or whatever. This is a choice she and Liz made, or Taylor made, an executive decision to have Liz share a room with her. Yeah, and so once again, it could just be that they're like platonically obsessed with each other, but even that is like kind of gate. Yeah, I mean, I love that energy. I, I look, I love a platonically obsessed besties too. Like. To the point where it's almost romantic just because of how in love with you you guys are. Like, even if nothing's going on. I love that dynamic as well. And that's a gay dynamic. So, you know. And so then the next day, Taylor posts the Whisper Hello, I Miss You Quite Terribly vlog. Yes. Of course, named after that great song. And Liz is, like, super present in the vlog. And Taylor wears this shirt that's, like, a white shirt with a black circle that I think is based off of a specific painting. Um, Mercury on Park Lane, who you guys should also check out for Taylor's stuff, made a post about it recently. I didn't really see it, but it's the almost exact same shirt, like the same style with the white shirt with the big circle, big black circle that she wears in the I Knew You Were Trouble music video. And she's also wearing a kilo, a little necklace, like a... Yeah, a key, key necklace. Necklace. And that matches the I Knew You Were Trouble music video as well, Yeah, the right? key necklace is going to be important, like, when we get down the line, because the key necklace shows up in I Knew You Were Trouble, and it also shows up in Liz's, like, not shot for shot, I knew your trouble remake, not as close as, like, Babe and I'm Not the Only One, but very similar music video, which also features, like, a love interest in a key necklace. That's what's so fun about Liz is she has her own art that she's putting out. So mm-hmm. we're not having to, like, decipher her Instagram post or her tweets or anything, or, like, look at who she's, her character on Glee is hooking up with. Like Liz is writing breakup songs and love songs and putting out music videos with like an artistic direction. And yeah. And so now you get the dynamic of looking for clues from both of them. That's what's so great about Taylor is. Yeah. That's why I have so much fun with it is because even if I don't a hundred percent believe all the crazy things I may think, like it's so fun. 
sure, it's like i sure. understand how Haylers feel yeah gosh except harry never references taylor but so while they're in the vlog caitlin makes this joke about liz quote sleeping her way through europe and oh. i don't know what that means oh well the whisper hello vlog is very cute in that you know th- that song um in your arms it's called in your or here in your arms and it's by hello goodbye it's on yeah. a bunch of my playlist actually i like it a lot but it has this line where it says, I like where you sleep when you sleep next to me. And when it does that, it shows Liz sleeping. Mm-hmm. And that's just so, that is girl crush behavior. Like putting, putting a picture of a pretty girl, like or videos of this girl that's sleeping all the time, like into this vlog with this really soft, romantic, um, very sweet, crushy, falling in love song. Where it says, I like where you sleep when you sleep next to me. And it's Liz sleeping the whole time. It's just so cute. Yeah, especially considering they're sharing a room, which also begs the question, if Liz is sleeping her way through Europe, is she doing it in Taylor's room? Like, or, (laughs) hear me out, is something else going on? Right, 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 right. It's it's funny that sleeping keeps coming up, right? Liz sleeping in Taylor's room. Jokes about Liz sleeping her way through Europe. And then... I like when you sleep, when you sleep next to me, like, feels like, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so then later on the tour um, in May, they go do the Fearless Tour in Portland, Oregon at this venue called the Rose Garden, which like people may know because it's referenced in the lucky one in the lyric shows the Rose Garden over Madison Square. And they perform this cover of Tom Petty's song American Girl, which is like Tom Petty is Liz's absolute favorite artist. She loves him so mm-hmm. much. And the secret message for Sparks Fly is Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Wait, how did I not know that? Sometimes I'm a bad gailer and I don't pay attention to some of the earlier stuff. But yeah, I crack out that she put Sparks Fly on Speak Now for Liz. Because mm-hmm. I, I know she wrote it in like 2006. But I think it, it, she started to associate it with Liz because of the green eyes and stuff. Well, she changed the lyrics from brown eyes to green eyes, which makes me think she changed them. Do we know when she changed them? Um, let me see. I feel like it was before. Like, I feel like it, by the time it was being, because she played it on, in like clubs and stuff in like 2006, 2007. And I do, I think I have seen video of her playing it. Um, and it says green eyes. Although it says when she says you are beautiful, she looks over to Emily in the video yeah. I've seen. And Emily had brown funny. eyes. So I Oh, I, I don't Emily know. Had green eyes. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh wait, no, she does have green eyes. Never mind, you're right. But I don't know. I think she started associating it with Liz because of the Portland, Oregon thing. Yeah. Because even like like straight Swifties on Reddit have talked about like Taylor's got this weird connection with Portland, Oregon. Like it's the Sparks Fly secret message. It's in the lucky one shows the Rose Garden over Madison Square. And then the Portland sign outside the Rose Garden venue shows up in the Wildest Dreams music video for some reason. What is that all about? Because I thought Wildest Dreams is all about Josh Lee versus Kaler. I, I think that too. I don't know why it's there. Maybe it's because my like best theory for it is because the lucky one's about like a Hollywood starlet. Oh, and the Wildest Dreams music video, Taylor plays that. So maybe it's just a reference to the lucky one. I, right, right. I mean, there were other boys, right? I mean, Liz had boyfriends while she knew Taylor. Mm-hmm. So maybe Taylor was just relating. If we want to make it Gaylor, let me make it Gaylor for y'all. Taylor was relating um, what was going on with Josh Lee 
and Kaylor in Wildest Dreams, and she related that back to what went on with Liz because Liz had boyfriends too, like a bit. I also think that might be what's going on with Cruel Summer, which we'll get to. Um, so on Liz's birthday, May twenty seventh, which is a number hidden in the Cruel Summer music video. Well, not in the in the you need wait no, it's in the Lover music video on the Cruel Summer board game. It says oh five twenty seven. So they go out to dinner for Liz's birthday, most likely, because it's around that time. Taylor tells a story about, like, getting interrupted by a fan coming back from dinner on the 27th. And that sounds like it's Liz's birthday dinner. And then later uh, in June with Kelly Pickler, where she mentions that Kelly's told her that some person she's seen recently is, quote, bad news, get over it. Um, I don't know who this could be referring to. Like, Joe Jonas (laughs) doesn't seem likely. It, it could just be, like, in general something, but I think it's interesting considering, like, we'll get to I Knew You Were Trouble. Um, I don't know. When did John Mayer come on the scene? Because I think John Mayer was fake, but just out of curiosity. I think 2010? Oh, no, so 2009. End of 2009 was when they supposedly dated. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So this doesn't match so, that. Although they did that song together that summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, they did do the song together that summer. So it could be John Mayer. That's very right, fair. Right. I don't think it is, but, you know. And let's skip forward a little bit. Uh, okay, so then at the end of July, Taylor starts filming Valentine's Day with Taylor Lautner. Um, and from that, we get Taylor Squared, as I like to call it, which is, like, I think more obvious somehow than Hiddle Swift <laughs> to me and it being PR. Like, movie co-stars is just like teeny bobber movie co-stars is just so cliche a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah and she actually never really said she was dating him i mean i guess what did their publicist confirm it i think so they got papped together a few times but they never got papped like they didn't have like the halo new year's eve kiss or anything it was very much just like they would go to coffee shops or restaurants and be like seen together there's a very obvious like car photo shoot (laughs) Where, like, it's very clear they've been in the, like, the camera was basically on the front of the car. Like, yeah. Right. Well, th- the biggest thing for them was the SNL, where she said, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm dating the werewolf from Twilight. And then she blows a kiss and says, hi, Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. And, but in a kind of sweet moment, after, like, Kanye interrupts her at the VMAs, Taylor Lautner, like, does go give her a hug. So, like, Aww. at least he did that. <laughs> I think he's a sweet gay boy. Um, that's, yeah. you know. Poor Taylor. So, but but she and Liz are getting papped out a lot. They're out shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, they go out to parties. They're they're link arms a lot. The, you know, it kind of gives me almost Kaylor vibes a bit that they're just sort of you know very close and touchy with each other. And but Taylor Lautner shows up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then at the start of September, Liz gets sick, and Taylor like loses her mind. She writes this giant. MySpace post that's just about how much she misses her. She says that Liz's stuffy note and sore throat are her two new nightmares, all caps. She says everything is ruined. She misses her so much. She makes her a little I miss you card with a whole long note and craisins in it. Like she's being so ridiculous. Liz is just like kind of sick and can't perform. It's very cute. Yeah. And the, 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 the leaving her a card, making a card for her. Writing, writing her a card for somebody that she's on tour with gives me very big left a note 
uh, on the door with a joke that we made vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It, a lot of people have said that that might refer to like being on tour with someone and uh, just like leaving a sticky note on the door because uh, Hetlers think it's about Jonas, mm-hmm. Holy Ground. And they also, I think Taylor was performing with the Jonas Brothers for a little bit. I might be wrong about that though. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at the, in October, the Fearless Tour goes on break. And that's kind of when some Taylor's stuff starts to, like, fizzle out. They're not as, like, epically best, best friend, girl, closeness. That's all kind of fades out a little bit. And I'm not quite sure why. I think it's just because they're not so much on tour together anymore. I do think there's there's an element of Taylor's where, like, while they're thrown together on tour, they get really, really close and sort of almost codependent. But being, you know not having tour there to like regiment their spending time together they sort of fall apart mm-hmm. a bit is the vibe i get yeah yeah that's that's how i also read it especially because i've heard the stories about like the glee cast on the glee tour right. and how like messy and chaotic that was and then when they'd go on break it wouldn't happen as much so i think that's very much the case here right um so then of course i had to look into julianne huff is that how you say her name I don't know. Said it out loud. I always say it like three different ways on the podcast to cover my bases. Huff, huff, <laughs> huff. Yeah. Hog. I don't know. Um, because there's that one picture of them walking into Katy Perry's birthday party together, and Julianne's got like the the blue boob grab on her, right, on her white shirt. But like, there's not really that much evidence of anything happening here. It's just beyond... it's literally just that when Taylor doesn't. If Taylor had blue paint on her hands, I'd be like, all right, yeah. But, but she, she doesn't. doesn't. And they were at a paint each other birthday party. Right. You know, so like, but I had to look into it because it's Claire Calloway, Julian Huff, Liz Hewitt, and um, Kelly Pickler, who are all thrown around during the lost years. And Liz is like by far the person with the most evidence. Everyone right. else is kind of just like her and Taylor tweeted at each other a bunch of times. And I'm like, yeah, like it makes a ship, but like <laughs> not a timeline, you know? So right. I, I did have to address that here. Um, I don't know if anything happened. They seem to be, like, friends for a while, but not much of anything. Uh, but then late October, Taylor goes on SNL and films the Roomies sketch, which is the source of all <laughs> Taylor's gay rumors. <laughs> the Roomies sketch at, for, with SNL, if you guys haven't seen it, it's in the Master Post, but, you know, just search Taylor Swift Roomies SNL. It is sort of an iconic Gaylor moment. It's what got people talking because uh, after Ellen did a review of it and they were like, yeah, there was like kind of a queer subtext to this, to this, this skit where it's And then someone on after Ellen was like, I actually went to Henderson high school and Taylor was like known as like sleeping with women, but like, she kept being like, I'm not gay. She's like, it didn't count. Yeah. Which I yeah. don't know if I believe, but it, it it's important history for it being the start of the rumors. Right. But the funniest thing is, like, SNL sketches are very much based off of the host's life, right? They like, they sort of like to take real things from the host's life and, like, sort of poke fun at it and exaggerate it. And, um, yeah. they, they So, like, ta- I feel like they may have been saying Taylor does act like this. Mm-hmm. And considering how the whole point of the sketch is like these girl best friends cannot be without each other for even a second and then thinking back on how like crazy taylor got when liz got sick um i do think this is about 
like referencing Taylor and Liz. Right. Just yeah. And even like the way the girls are so touchy with each other, like they're all in each other's laps and hugging each other. There's literally footage of Taylor and Liz acting like that together, like mm-hmm. like on a, like very similar. So um, yeah, SNL roomie skit, iconic Gaylor moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we get to November. Taylor and Liz still aren't like as crazy close as they were but they've performed like on dancing with the stars and stuff a few times together since tour went on break and at the cmt awards um they perform you belong with me and taylor is like separated from the rest of the group including liz by like the audience and the secret message for story of us is cmt awards and i don't know if i want to give story of us to taylor's it seems like it might be a reach but it does like the idea of fighting with someone and all of your friends being involved is something that pops up a lot in Taylor's music around this time and Liz's music. So that's the only reason I've made note of it. Um, well, and, and you said standing alone in a crowded room and we're not speaking. Like Taylor's off alone, very literally alone on herself singing. And the rest of her backup band, including Liz, is on the stage altogether. Yeah. So, but then when they go back to London, uh, was uh, Joe Jonas at that CMT Awards? Um, I'm not sure. That would sure. be interesting to know. The The general narrative for Story of Us is it's about Taylor seeing John Mayer again at the CMT Awards in like 2011, 2010, oh, okay. question mark. So. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So then they go back to London and Liz tweets, I love London and they're papped together a whole bunch. And it seems like they're like working things out, all of that. And then at the end of December, Taylor and... Taylor Squared breaks up. Yeah. And then we'll fast forward a while. Basically, they just start getting closer again as the winter comes to a close through January and February. And then in February, they, of course, go to Australia and have the gay Australia trip, which is basically just like a week of Taylor and Liz being like, I'm so sad I'm alone on Valentine's Day, but happy birthday, Liz. You're my Valentine. Let's go watch my movie together. Let's do all this date stuff. But we're both single and alone. It's really funny. (laughs) So the real fun thing about the Gay Australia trip is the Valentine's Day premiere. Taylor goes and she takes Liz. Now, where have we seen that before? She took Diana to the Hunger Games premiere. And I just feel like when Taylor feels like flexing to a girl that she likes. She's like, let me just take you to a movie I was in. Let me just take you, you know, to a movie I did the soundtrack for. Like, it's mm-hmm. the same energy, right? Yeah. And also, Taylor had performed with Stevie Nicks at the 2010 Grammys at the end of January. And Stevie Nicks, like, gives out these moon necklaces to people. And Taylor shows up in a moon necklace later in February. And then her moon necklace disappears. But Liz shows up with one. So it can kind of be assumed that Taylor gave the Stevie Nicks moon necklace, which is like an honor that Stevie Nicks gives to people she works with. She gave it to Liz during this trip. So that I think that's really so cute. so cute. Yeah, that is like really, because like Liz wanted to be a singer and she like still hasn't really achieved all that much success, much success but she definitely looks up to Stevie Nicks. Like everybody does, I feel like. Like mm-hmm. it's just so romantic that Taylor would give her the moon necklace like it just seems like such a sweet thing to do especially like 
I feel like Stevie probably gave Taylor the moon necklace because Taylor was so, that was the big thing. She got so heavily criticized. She did not sound good. Supposedly yeah. mean is about the people who wrote reviews about her after um, that performance. And like, I feel like Stevie probably gave Taylor the moon necklace in part to like, be like, you know, it's okay. Like I respect you as an artist still. And mm -hmm. um, that's really tough. I didn't know that that was the same night that she won her first album of the year. Uh, yeah. because that was probably a really big night for her winning all those Grammys, but like she bombed her performance. That's so, that's so tough, but it's so, so cute. Yeah. And around that time, a Rolling Stone article is released talking about Taylor, like planning to move into her own house in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And it talks about Taylor having a life-sized bird cage in the apartment, which is really funny because if I'm on my like cardigan is about Liz crack, which like I'm only on like half the time, but there's the line from the original voice memo, which is living in a gold age, sneak into my bird cage. So like, well, and the, she called the fearless tour, the golden age, right? Yeah. She said, she said, Fuck, I'm, on my, I'm that, on my shit. I'm on my shit. The fearless tour was like one of her golden ages. And Taylor says this a lot, to be fair. She calls a lot of things her golden ages. She says that you have like multiple ones in life, but I think okay. the fearless tour definitely is one of them. So who knows? Um, so they just very gay Australia chip. They go to Japan afterwards. And then once they get home from that, Taylor posts this giant photo blog that's just all pictures of her and Liz, like, cuddling cheek to cheek, arms around each other, hanging out in a bathtub, um, all of this stuff. And then late February, she posts a vlog from the trip where she just whines about how single she is. But, like, she still tells Liz, of all people, happy Valentine's Day. And Liz is seen wearing the moon necklace. So that's cute. I'm living for the 2010, circa 2010 fashion we're getting here. It's all so bad. It's all so bad. It really is. Like, like Liz is so hot, like, now. But when I look at photos like this, I'm like, I can't believe this is when they were dating. <laughs> if, they if they were. Oh, no, but Liz is, like, it's more a personality thing for me, for mm -hmm. her. I feel like she just has, like, a firecracker. I think she was a lot of things Taylor wanted to be. And, like, when yeah. I feel like young Sapphics, like, half the time you're dating a girl, it's just because she is, like, goals for you. Like, you, like, want to be her. So you do the closest next thing and, like, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's just the thing that happens, I feel like. Yeah. So there are LChat rumors that Liz's family is, like, really religious. And that kind of, like, we can kind of see that now. Liz still, like, surrounds herself with very, like, Christian conservative people in her friend group in Nashville. But even though she's, like, more liberal and follows, like, a bunch of gay accounts on Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and so I don't know, like, I personally think Liz is probably attracted to men and women just because, like, she did get engaged to a man, which we'll get to later down the line. But it's possible that all of this back and forth with Taylor has made her be like, okay, this has been fun, but like, I need something serious. So in March of 2010, Liz gets a boyfriend. His name is Jason. I wasn't going to talk about him at first um, because I thought he was a like private citizen, but it turns out he's kind of in the music industry. Like he works on, uh, he was trying to be a singer for a little bit and now he works on tours. I, I mean, don't worry about it. Only like seven people listen to this podcast anyway, yeah. but you can just say his first name if you want. But Jason, that's funny. Jason is a photographer who works for touring uh, musical acts, which literally I think that's what Diana's brother does too. And his name's Jason. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny. And so they, Liz starts flirting with Jason on Twitter in March 2010. I've only really been through all of Liz's Twitter. Like I could probably recite tweets from memory, but she starts flirting with Jason on Twitter in March 2010. So at the very least, she's pursuing him. 
at this point. Um, But, you know, her and Taylor are still hanging out. They're going shopping together, all of that. Um, In April, Taylor posts uh, another vlog where she dedicates a portion of the vlog to Liz. And the background music is from a song called She by Parachute, which is cute. First, because it, like, it's kind of gay. And second of all, because Liz loves the band Parachute and is close friends with uh, one of the members of Parachute. Or their, no, she's close friends with their manager. Yeah. So, and in the vlog, Taylor wears her I Knew You Were Trouble shirt again. So, I don't know. Seems to be a connection to that. Mm-hmm. Um, in April, it's Jason's birthday. Liz tweets at him about it. And then in the Journey to Fearless documentary for The Hub, Taylor helps Liz bake a cake for this guy she likes, who she says she's, like, not dating yet, but will be soon. So, at this point, I think, like, Taylor's aware that there's another person. And she seems pretty supportive of it. But it's a little awkward. I, I think um, it's it is kind of weird. So here's this is where I have issues with Taylor's versus a Swift Grant. It's kind of the same problem as Kaylor, which is the which boys involved are real or not. So of course Calvin and Tom definitely I don't think were necessarily real at all. But um, Joe is kind of an issue with Kaylor, right? Sort of. But I do like. What is your my ideas about Taylor is I feel like we're probably on the same page is they if anything went on, it was probably a confusing hookup situation where they were like yeah. became best best friends, also attracted to each other, start hooking up to some degree. And then but the issue is Taylor's gotta be closeted, whatever's going on with her, like and who knows how she's dealing with like internal like this is when she still lives in Nashville. This is when she's still very much just a country music singer and not a pop star. You know, she starts to transition during Red, but like, she, you know, when she, I feel like when she moves to California, she probably gets a bunch more liberal friends. Like, it, I think mm-hmm. she becomes like Taylor. I don't look. We don't know anything for sure, but in terms of like being accepting of your own sexuality, it can definitely be a journey. So yeah. it feels fair to say Liz probably definitely at this point isn't if she is not straight she probably is having you know she comes from a very religious family that's what the kind of word on the street is and Taylor may I I feel like Taylor's generally accepting of it certainly these days she is I think but like but maybe back in the day she wasn't I feel like yeah. it's I fair mean, to say she did do that storyline in the mean music video um yeah but, like, it very much seems to me like they're best, best friends who, like, sometimes get drunk and make out. And at the very least, Liz doesn't see it as, like, a real relationship. But they clearly have strong feelings for each other of some sort right. because they're, like, obsessed with each other. Yeah. I mean, I feel like something may have been happening, but it was never going to be a normal committed situation because many external factors. Yeah. Um, and... So- Maybe that's why Liz is trying to go get a boyfriend. Like, maybe she's sort of trying to process all of that and deal with it. So she, yeah. you know. But Taylor doesn't seem upset by it, does she? I mean, Liz doesn't have any reason to, like, beard. And so I know that they're, like, people love their conspiracies. But, like, I think both of her relationships were at least real. Like, if, if you want to make a case that she's, like, secretly a closeted lesbian who's just, like, dealing with a lot of compet, like, that's fine. But, like, her relationship as in with men were real as in they were not PR. They were not right. set up by someone. It was Liz, like, dating these men. Um, so in June 2010, Taylor takes her family and her band on vacation to the Bahamas. And it's here that she writes an up-tempo song that sounds like she's talking about Story of Us. Um, because she says it's, a, it's up-tempo and hokey, 
and sort of a torn sounding, like this horrible stress confusion that comes when you know the person you're pining away for is in the room. And for some reason, there are these invisible things you from being okay. So you're not fine, and they're not fine, and I'm so happy I wrote this song. So Liz gets a boyfriend, Taylor writes story of us. That's very interesting. The person There are these invisible walls keeping things from being okay. Interesting. That reminds me of my walls all my walls stood tall painted blue and Yeah. Everything um, strange. And people have noted that Story of Us sounds really similar to this unreleased song called Battle or Let's Go. Um and it also has similar themes to We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And in all three songs, Taylor talks about this like messy public fight and breakup that all of their friends were around for. And once again, I don't know if any of these songs are about Liz, but if they were, it would make sense because if they're fighting on tour, like obviously their band is going to know they're fighting, even if they don't know it's like romantic or something like that, right? Everyone's going to be like, oh, Liz and Taylor are fighting again. You know, right. everyone's standing around. Everyone's involved, like standing alone in a crowded room. Right. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah, Liz comes back from the Bahamas, gets flowers from Jason. And then in July, when they're in doing the Fearless Tour in Canada, and on the last stop, Taylor writes a letter to her band calling the Fearless Tour a golden age. Um, and she says, thank you to everyone. And once again, Cardigan has the original lyric, living in a gold age, sneak into my bird cage. And that's the month Taylor moved in, moves into her Nashville apartment. I don't right. know. <laughs> Yeah, it, it makes more way more sense for it to actually be about Diana, but like, I don't know. Well, no. Here's the thing: I am fully open to Taylor's, right? Like, you guys know me. Even if it sort of takes away, of course, I don't. Reality can't take away from. We just want re. I want reality more than I want any other outcome, right? So, if Cardigan really is about Liz, I do want to get to the bottom of it. And I have this theory that I really hate. That we'll, I guess we'll talk about maybe in a bit. But, well, maybe we can talk about it now. I don't know. But here's what, you know what I notice about Liz and Taylor? Is that Liz sort of comes and goes from her life. And what I I hate to say this, but like, I hate it. Kara's going to be so mad. But it does remind me of the story she tells about style, which is you know, you're always, the narrative's never really over. And she also says, like, she thinks the person's style is about my interrupt her wedding. Don't do it because we're not over yet. And <laughs> listen, listen, I am such a swift ground supremacist. Like, I, but like, you know, I, I there's just a <laughs> lot with, I, they, they come in, she comes, she comes and leaves her life a lot, right? Like, yeah. they're on tour together, then they're not. Like, and then, you know, she leaves the Red Tour, but then they do hang out a bit after that. And mm-hmm. it's just sort of like they had this really intense connection. And I don't know, like, there's a few songs that I kind of look back and say, like, you know, maybe she's looking back on what happened with Liz. Like, Cruel Summer, having Liz's birthday as an Easter egg is so interesting because Cruel Summer is about this relationship that is uncommitted and confusing and secretive and really painful and takes place over a summer and takes place over the summer and i'm like oh that's carly like gaslighting her about josh but what if it's actually a throwback (laughs) to liz and i wouldn't think that i think it's funny you know because your annons are always like you're waffling back and forth on joe so much but like regardless of joe like you waffle back and forth forth way more on liz 
because we don't know we don't know anything yeah. so like i do i just I, i'll start reading about something and i'll read it and i'll be like oh that's convincing and i'll be like all right fine i'm convinced and then i'll read something else and i'm like that's convincing okay fine i'm convinced and i i'm just very open i'm very very acutely aware that i do not know the innermost details of personal taylor's personal life so when people are so confident that they know things i actually think that's weirder I think it's weird yeah. when people are like, oh, I know so this song is about so-and-so, this song is well, about... Yeah. You don't know that. It's weird. It's weird. You're the weird one, not me. Also, if I learn one thing from this, it's how easy it is to find yes. facts and put them together and make a narrative. Like, I remember yeah. when we were doing re the Realistic K timeline, there were so many things where, like, dates were wrong and all of this stuff. And we had to go back and, like, you know, double-check all the sources and stuff like that. And I realized that through both of these experiences, it's actually fairly easy to just, like, throw everything together and be like look at this doesn't it make sense and like of course it makes sense because we're trained to find patterns and things and like i do believe in like some of this stuff but like but some of it doesn't add up like if taylor's so in love with liz why is liz getting a boyfriend like it doesn't i mean you can talk through it and make excuses for it and say you know internalized homophobia and Maybe they were just a fling. They weren't that serious. And, you know, you can make sense of it any way you want because you're telling storytellers get to make sense of it. I mean, I very much wrote a story when I wrote out the Swift Ground timeline. I was like, here's where it's good. Here's where it's bad. Here's what their problems were. Do I know that for sure? No. But like, I, I mean, that is what I was sort of what this, you know, the little social media clues and some of the music led me to believe. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't know the truth. Yeah. So we're we're just having fun. We're just storytelling. And sometimes right. that means we think Tilly is real and have a fun time with it. Like, right. <laughs> so uh, moving on in October 2010, Taylor gives this interview um, about music she's been writing. And she says that I think a lot of people, including me, have had shaky ground to stand on when it comes to love. Every single person you meet until you meet the right person is a shade of Ron. So you're all going to know, all you're really going to know is Ron until you meet the right one. Um, which is funny because there's the, you were never a saint and I loved in Shades of Ron in Treacherous. I don't think that means Treacherous is about Liz. I think she's talking about the situation in the, like, in the present at that moment. And she's saying, like, it's a shade of Ron. It's not right. Um, and she'll reference that back later in her music. She also says in that article that her and Liz like to have rom-com movie nights together. Oh, that's stated grace, by the way, that she says that. Oh, it's stated I Sorry, think State, of, State Grace. of Grace might be about Liz. Maybe. Yeah. Which, that actually brings us to Jake, which is like, oh, I don't even know what to say about Jake. Um, okay, I think here's where we're at on Jake. Jake seems like a PR setup, but he's not, they do not flaunt it as much as some of the other boys. And yeah. he did one real stunt, which was the Maple Latte Papwalk. Which is bullshit yeah. because there, all, all Too Well was copyrighted in 2010. So that's before she and Jake were broken yeah, there's up. So, there's so many pieces of proof to suggest it was written in 2010 right. that I like can't ignore that. Right. And so what I personally think, my personal read on the situation is it was a PR setup. But Taylor like didn't like how secretive he was being. She probably didn't like, you know, when he didn't come to her birthday party. And stuff like that. And I think there are feelings of hurt about it. But I don't know if that means she was in love with him. I think it was just different from like the Taylor Lautner and the Joe Jonas she had before. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's possible because he was like a grown ass man. Like Taylor Lautner and Joe Jonas were just like her age, like kids, basically. But like, yeah. He was like, and they seemed very... to be friends. Whereas Taylor yeah. and Jake did not really seem to be friends. Well, and I just wonder if 
she had a crush on it. Like it was a PR setup. It reads as PR to me, but like maybe she had a crush on him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they went to Big Sur together and that was a yeah. private trip. Now, how do we know yeah. they went to Big Sur together? Because um, they were, uh, someone spotted them at an ice cream parlor, but also their publicist told like people about it. There are so no photos it? of them. So the publicist said it happened. So that, yes. hmm, so not entirely a private trip or the publicist wouldn't have said anything. But yeah, exactly. I, my vibe on Jake right now, today, which I will waffle on and change probably tomorrow, is that PR relationship, don't think Jake was very into Taylor, don't really have any thoughts on his sexuality. I've heard he's gay. I, you know, that's, everybody says he's gay, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think Taylor ended up catching some kind of feelings for him. Whether it was yeah. just the idea of having this very handsome, talented older boyfriend who does seem like a very nice yeah. guy, very quiet, you know, uh, he is a very talented actor. Like, I can see the appeal to Taylor at that point in time, especially if she has this chaotic, like, on and off thing going on with Liz, where mm-hmm. here's like this handsome man who's supposed to be her boyfriend, and literally he has to be her boyfriend. They're being told to date. So, like, I can see her like falling into that and sort of wanting it to be real. Yeah. Um, well, and, I think even the fact that, like, he's not being friendly with her the way that, like, Taylor and Joe were might make her, like, want him more. Like, even if you think Taylor's, like, a lesbian, like, it, you, it, that's still, like, a very classic compet thing is, like, you know, like, why won't this person pursue me? Taylor, like, 2010 know? Taylor definitely gives me big energy that uh, negging would work on her. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if a guy was rude to her, she would instantly very much be, like... Uh, why don't you like me? I want to make you like me, right? Like, Taylor yeah. definitely has that people-pleaser energy where if Jake was kind of like, okay, you're my girlfriend, like, I feel like she would very much, like, actually want it to work out. Um, yeah. Especially and she, like, if- shades him in magazine articles later. She's like, you know, right. I don't like people who, like, want to hide from the press. Like, this is my life, which is so funny, considering, like, How she modern now. Right. Taylor. Yeah. So, in October... Taylor writes all too well. We know this for so many reasons. First of all, she said she started writing for Red slightly before Speak Now was released. She said all too well is the first song she wrote for Red. And the copyright record for it has it in 2010. And Andrea told someone at a secret session that Taylor had wrote it in late 2010 during tour rehearsals for Speak Now. So the fact that she tries to pass all too well off as about Jake is very much the same energy as trying to pass back to December off about Taylor Lautner, which it's not trying to pass. I knew your trouble off of is about Harry, which it's not. And like, you yeah. know, trying to pass songs on reputation that were about Carly off as being about Joe. I mean, it's just the, the timelines don't add up and it's just, does it mean that she didn't actually date uh, Jake or whatever? You know, no, no. But like it, it's just one of those inconsistencies of hers where mm-hmm. you have to take liner notes with a grain of salt and you have to kind of sometimes you just have to suspend your you know I mean I just think you have to Taylor lies that's what I like to say Taylor lies and I'm fine with that she's allowed to lie but like All Too Well is not about Jake Dylan at all it's just yeah. not and All Too Well and Liz have a special connection to each other and I have two theories about this the first the more realistic one is that the story that um has been told about the first writing of all, all too well before she went into the studio with Liz Rose and like fixed up the lyrics, the, like really long version was that Taylor started writing it during tour rehearsals and like the whole band like helped her just improv it. So my first theory is that Liz was there during the creation of it 
she saw it and she was like, wow, that's amazing and magical. This is my favorite Taylor song. The second one is that it's about Liz. <laughs> Maybe it's some of both. Yeah. Um, and All Too Well is Liz's favorite song from Red. She said this multiple times. Um, when she came to watch the Reputation Tour in Glendale, Taylor played it for her as the surprise song. If the song is about a woman, lines before, like, back before you lost the one real thing you've ever known, reads to me as, like, in a dig at, like, Liz trying to date men, even if, even if Liz was attracted to Jason, but which is, like, really similar to the thing you posited, I think, on a bonus episode about, like, you need to calm down <laughs> and Carly, you know? Like, oh, 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 like, uh, when she put Carly on the lesbian bike and yes. was, like, trying to, yeah. Um... Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, lines about loss of innocence are also interesting, especially because, like, there's an LCHAT post that's, like, Taylor took Liz's virginity, which, like, first, how would you know that, random LCHAT user? But, like, second of all, like, if, if that is true, like, I don't know. Um, I don't think the song is for Jake because they're still, like, they just started dating at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how it could be for Joe Jonas or Taylor Lautner. No, nothing. That um, was so, those were not... Those were not right. anything. And All Too Well is so, like, real and hurt. Like, Taylor cries sometimes when performing it. And I just don't understand how that could be about, like, a PR, like, three-month relationship, even if she caught feelings during that time. Like, those were such, like, shallow surface-level things. But I can understand it if it's, like, about the real hurt of being in love with your best friend who, like, was hooking up with you and then was like, never mind. Like, I want to date this guy. Right. You know, like, I remember it. Like, like stop lying like we I was there yeah, that that when she says I was there that's so much the energy of like this happened you know it happened I know it happened like I, don't stop trying to deny it happened like and that gives me energy of very much like the gaslighting feel that we get in cruel summer yeah. like it's mm-hmm. just very which I still think is a Carly song I mean it is the Kaler anthem to me yeah. cruel summer but uh, I will entertain any argument so I you can know. see how she'd see parallels between the two relationships is the thing right 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 mm-hmm. so uh October 25th speak now is released um in the album's prologue she specifies that the song long live is for her band but the secret message of the song is for you which sounds oddly specific and of course the bridge says Will you take a moment, promise me this, that you'll stand by me forever, but if God forbid fake should step in and force us into a goodbye, if you have children someday, when they point to the pictures, please tell them my name, which to me reads is like kind of romantic. I don't know, but it also could just be like for the band in general, which includes Liz. I do. I think it's interesting that the liner note is for you. It seems like she's trying to single one person out. So that's kind of funny. Um, back to December's secret message is Tay, which is one of Liz's favorite nicknames for Taylor. I mm-hmm. can't really place it in the timeline, but I think it's interesting to note. And then, of course, we have Sparks Fly, which we've already talked about. Secret message is Portland, Oregon. All of that. Um, Maybe they first hooked up in Portland, Oregon. That definitely could be possible. Yeah. We need to go look and see what, what, um, what else Taylor was up to in that Portland because I would love yeah. to know who Sparks Fly is, like, about. Like, what t- when she put it on the album, who she wanted it to go to. Yeah. Because I think it's possible she wrote it and then rededicated it to somebody. Yeah. So, uh, in November, Jake attends the Love and Other Drugs premiere alone, which could be either because he's sick of going out with Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I think that's so funny because if I was his publicist, like, you would want Taylor to be on his arm for that premiere. You know? Like, the biggest photographed event. But, you know, it doesn't matter. 
Um, but once again, they have they have projects coming out at the same time. So I can't deny that even if the relationship, like, even if you believe the relationship started out for real, it was definitely used for PR. And so it's more sure. likely to me that it was set up as a PR thing. Sure. I definitely reads as a setup and, and, and then, you know, it was used as a setup. What happened emotionally for Taylor specifically? We, who knows, but yeah. Um, in November 27th, Taylor and Jake go get coffee in Nashville and Liz makes this really weird tweet where she's like, your best friends and boyfriends are using you up like a thousand of you, but there's never enough. They're all scared half to death to grow old. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, it sounds it sounds so shady and jealous, but I don't, I don't know what it means. Um, what do you think? Uh, it sounds like lyrics. Honestly. Oh, interesting. Is it? <laughs> like, I can see that. I'm not finding the, like, exact rhyme. Well, actually, best friend, boyfriend, thousand, actually, does sound like it might be lyrics. Interesting. Is it a song that already exists? No, not that I've found. Wait, let me look. Wait, Liz wanted to be on Glee? Yeah. Oh my god. I bet nah. she I bet Liz was a Fabri shipper. I think that's so funny though. Like imagine like her getting Taylor to watch Glee and then Taylor leaves her for Diana. Like, <gasps> oh my god, no, but what if that happened? <laughs> um, yeah. Liz Liz loved Glee in twenty ten. Um uh, and so then in December is when the Maple Latte Pap Walk happens. This is their only pap walk. The rest of the time Jake and Taylor are seen together, it's like not these HD, like the camera is clearly mm-hmm. right there photos. It's very much like Jake is like flipping off the paparazzi yeah. <laughs> and saying, leave me alone. Right. Um, which once again, doesn't mean it's real. It just means that Jake hates apps, which I like, have you ever seen him do something this stunty since no. then? I mean, I don't really follow him, but he seems like a pretty private person. And then the next day, Liz makes this tweet that's the opposite of love is not hate. It's fear. The bravest you'll ever be is truly loving someone completely. Is that shade if Taylor and Jake are fake? Maybe. Is it also just like random something that she saw and was like, wow, I relate to that. Also possible because she's still dating Jason at this point. So like, you know, um, December's Taylor's 21st birthday. Um, presumably this is when Jake doesn't show up, but we know from tweets that have been recovered that, uh, Liz and Caitlin bring her a pizza. Um, so if she's like sad about Jake not showing up and then Liz and Caitlin come over with pizza, like that would be cute. And then, uh, later that month, Liz and Taylor get spotted in Nashville together. They go on a payway lunch date. Just Jared calls Liz a gal pal, which is funny. And Taylor looks sad. And this is around the time that Taylor and Jake, like, supposedly are about to break up. Um, Their publicist said they broke up right before New Year's 2010. Oh, okay. And this is the 31st. So that would make sense. Right. Yeah. So that's the end of Taylor and Jake. Not much. So then they go out on the Speak Now tour. I mean, listen. I mean, I feel like, as for Jake, if we want to do, like, a wrap-up, my take was the PR setup? Taylor got a crush and I'd idealized the relationship and made it out to be something in her head that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Partially maybe because she had been like led on hot and cold by Liz and hadn't had a real boyfriend for a while because like Joe Jonas is such obvious PR. Taylor Lautner said obviously like, fake. And then wanted it to be more real than it was and Jake was not interested at all. Um, yeah. And that's... I can see that. Got cut, you know, it just got so, cut off. Or Speak Now Tour gives us 
Better Than Revenge live, which, like, Better Than Revenge not live, like, kind of a bop, kind of sexist, but, you know, Better Than Revenge live, gay anthem. Yes. So here's the thing about the Better Than Revenge. You guys know how we, we watched the, the Shell handholds for somebody to love on the Glee tour, especially the summer of 2011. The Better Than Revenge skits are... Um, so there's this moment where Taylor and Liz like have this back and forth and they push each other and they touch each other's hair. And it's like, it's so hot, right? It's very like, they're, you know, they're supposed to be adversaries, but it's just like, there is so much chemistry and tension between them that it just seems gay. Like it really does. Yeah. And if you look back to the original version, like the first time they ever performed it live on the, this cruise ship in February, none of the choreography is there. And it like slowly develops throughout the course of their um, tour. Which is so fun because it doesn't mean a choreographer was like, you guys are going to get like really close in depth and push no, each other. No, they did that on their own. And all that. And like flip right. your hair. Yeah, they did it on their own. Hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, in February, Liz Taylor goes to Liz Rose for help with All Too Well. And that's when the first draft of the All Too Well lyrics are written in the Lover Diaries. Um, some people think it's about Emily because February is when Emily gets engaged. But once again, she wrote it in 2010. Yeah most likely October so like I also just I'm on my high horse but like if she wrote Dear, Dear John and was like don't you think 19's too young to be messed with you know right she definitely would think that 16 was too young to be messed with by a 22 year old Emily right I, I don't think <laughs> like, she's by to me I know all too well it's supposed to be the last like big Tamley song and she wrote it when Emily got engaged and blah 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 or whatever but like to me I I think it's that's too long after Emily has been like out of her life. And like, I, I don't even know if anything happened and I kind of hope it didn't. So I'm very happy to give all too well to Liz. Like, yeah, completely. I don't think we should be like creating like, like predatory, <laughs> like narratives. Like if this is our narrative before creating folklore, like I think it's our folklore. Yeah, exactly. You're so be a good right. idea not to be like, you're so right. Like, I mean, I always say I want to know reality, but the other issue is we don't and we never will, especially if something did go on. So why don't we just create a worldview where Taylor had an unrequited crush on Emily and that resulted in some music and some silly behavior, but nothing actually happened. That's 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 our focus. Yeah. That's what it should be. Like, you know, I don't think we should be hoping Taylor was like, yeah, crying over Emily while she sings like all too well on the Red Tour or whatever. Like, no, like let's make it be about Liz and this messy like situation they were in that was very much not, you know, it might've been trouble, but it wasn't problematic. Right. Like that's our folklore. I'm with you. I'm supportive. Mm -hmm. So if we go through like the speak now era, I can't like explain it as much. The speak now tour. I can't explain it as much on the podcast, but just go to the Taylor's master post and look at the speak now tour section. And just look at the gifts that I and Cam have made <laughs> of like the way they slowly like like gravitate and get closer to each other as the tour goes on. They get more in each other's face till finally on Liz's birthday. No, was it Liz's birthday? Let me look. There's a specific date where um, Liz decides to like push Taylor by the boob, <laughs> and it's what ends up being like the the catalyst. <laughs> like yeah. Because Liz and Jason break up, like, right after. Yeah, it's on May 21st, Speak Now in Nashville. Liz pushes Taylor for the first time, and it becomes part of the choreography. And um, then 
May 23rd, Liz makes this really vague tweet that's like, when you compare yourself to someone else, you only end up feeling small or smug. Now, which is like, I ha- once again, might just be rando, but yeah. I have to pull you back for a second to March 28th, 2011. I did not notice this the first read through. I did not notice that uh-huh. Liz tweets that her favorite Katy Perry song is Thinking of You, which oh, yeah. Thinking of You is a gay anthem. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but Kara pointed it out to me. Uh, and that is absolutely about that's a gay song just go listen to it yeah that's i'm i'm skipping over my like recommended song lyric analysis because it's not that relevant for the pod and most of it is kind of reaching but thinking of you is loud yeah it's very loud anyway yeah so then she makes that tweet and it's funny because jason's about to perform at the bluebird cafe which is where taylor started out performing so i feel like it's interesting liz makes this tweet about like comparing yourself to other people making you feel bad when like Jason's about to literally go in a situation where he's bound to be compared to Taylor. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Might not mean anything. Um, and then on May's, Liz's birthday, she releases this song called So Easy, which is about seeing someone you used to be in a relationship with move on with someone else before you're able to move on yourself, which is really interesting because she's dating Jason at this point. Like they're not broken up yet. So like, when did she write this? What is this about? <laughs> Yeah, so she's in a happy relationship, but she's releasing a song that is about, you know, attempting to move on. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. And then, you know, boob grab happens again. Um... And by the way, guys, this is why I say Taylor and Diana are not together. Because, first of all, they've never been spotted even talking to each other. They've been in the same place together, like, twice. But... This is the summer of 2011, and Liz and Taylor are all over each other on tour. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I you have a shell going on, but that's a different podcast. I can't explain it fully enough, like, how flirtatious all of these onstage things are, so you are just going to have to trust us or go to watch the gifts. Yeah. But it's a lot. It is. Um, and then uh, in June, Taylor gives an interview during Speak Now in Detroit, where she says she's written a bunch of sad songs recently. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that she wrote Sad, Beautiful, Tragic on the Speak Now tour, so that's probably what she's talking about. Um, I don't know what that song is about. Some people have speculated it's about her parents' divorce, which was happening around this time. Um, There is the line, uh, lawn handwritten note deep in your pocket, which matches a scene from Back to December where she puts a note in the the jacket pocket of, like, her boyfriend in the music video, but I don't know what it means at this point in time. Um, and then less than a week later, uh, Taylor makes a diary entry about being inexplicably happy. And this is coincidentally right after Liz and Jason stopped tweeting at each other. Oh, boy. Yeah, right around the time. Yeah. So. So she's real sad. And this guy, she, it's the Detroit show that the guy says she's like melancholic. And he says, she says, I've written a bunch of sad songs there, you know, and he says, I counted eight. So she's written like eight sad songs. And again, this is why I say the breakup songs on Red cannot be about Diana. They had never even been seen talking to each other. And she's written eight breakup songs mm-hmm. already for Red. And like mm-hmm. Diana's not in her life at all. Um, but Liz yeah. very much is. And has a boyfriend while they're on tour together. Which maybe that's part of it. Maybe um, during the Fearless Tour, Liz doesn't have a boyfriend. And so when the Speak Now Tour starts up, they go back to their their tour situation of like whatever it is they do but it's 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 confusing and bitter and and heartbreaking because liz has a boyfriend too but liz breaks up with her liz stops tweeting her boyfriend and taylor is 
inexplicably over the moon happy in the lover diaries. Yeah. And so then um, Liz seems to be kind of upset about the breakup. Uh, she tweets about driving around with um, Taylor and their friend <clears throat> Chaylin, uh, like sitting at the top of their lungs, which might be like them, you know, trying to drive around, help make her happy. But the biggest thing that comes out of the Jason breakup is Taylor decides to plan the Charleston trip, um, which is we actually didn't find out that Taylor planned this trip for Liz until like much later down the line um, in like 2017. Maybe Liz made a Instagram post for Taylor's birthday that was like, I was really sad and you planned this trip for me and I'll like always remember this. And the Charleston trip is when. <laughs> We get the second instance of them possibly sharing a room because Liz tweets four chicks, two twin beds, one great chat. And it's Taylor, Shaylin, and Claire Calloway. So of those four, who's most likely to share a bed with Taylor? It's got to be Liz. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what that means. And, you know, once again, could just be totally platonic. But Taylor does plan this entire giant trip to cheer Liz up and post a photo blog with a bunch of photos of them walking together and talking. Liz tweets afterwards that she wants to live there now. And then right after they get back, Taylor covers Betty Davis eyes. on the That had to be for Liz, right? Yeah, it's a very gay cover. And the lyrics have, well, first of all, Bet or Betty is a popular name for Elizabeth. And the lyrics have, she'll tease you and unease you all the better just to please you. She's precocious and she knows just what it takes to make a pro blush, which is. That's Liz. So, yes. That's so, I love that. Considering Liz and Taylor have been like, I mean, Liz has kind of been dragging Taylor back and forth for a little bit. Um, And around this time, Diana and Ashley Avignon have started becoming friends. We are kind of thinking perhaps that Diana and Taylor are introduced at the Fairfax flea market because first of all, she's gay. <laughs> like she just added herself with shirt gate. Right. And Liz is like going back and forth and doesn't know how she feels. It's possible. Ashley was like, Hey, why don't you like, that's our folklore. That is my favorite. One of my favorite theories you've come up with is that Ashley and Claire were like, we have to get Taylor. If Taylor wants to fucking fuck women, she needs to fuck a woman who's like, okay with it. And Ashley knows Diana because Ashley works for Diana's stylist. And then Diana goes and outs herself at Shirtgate. And and Ashley goes, oh, okay. And she's like, I know what needs to happen. And she sets up Diana and Taylor. Yeah. And then right after that, Taylor writes red, which... Like, I don't know what that means in the context of the timeline. I have two main theories, and it's that Taylor and Liz either immediately broke up again after Charleston, or they were about to get back together, and Taylor wrote Red as a way of looking back at the relationship in 2009. Based on what we've said, just said about Ashley and Diana, though, I think it's more likely that, like, they hooked up again in Charleston, and then Liz was like, mm, no. Yeah. And so, Taylor... That's, that is that is the Taylor. story I like. See, here's the thing about... The problem about Liz and the problem about Liz and Taylor is it's hard to know when they're on or off while they're touring because they have to work together and they have to act as if everything's fine. And there, there's one night where Liz doesn't act like everything's fine. We'll talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. of course, you know, not everybody can be as loud as Leah Michelle when she would put her arm behind her back when her and Diana were having girlfriend fights uh, and not hold hands <laughs> with her. But like, it's hard, it's hard to know when things would go wrong with Tay Liz because they would have had to act like everything was fine. And then, like, go behind stage yeah. and, like, have fights, you know. 
around all their friends and you know we get music that's like that but even if like red could be about liz and maybe they had some sort of reconnection over charleston then it fell apart again and then taylor writes red but you still get liz like popping up and hanging out with her and they're taking pictures together still and yeah you know but once again that's the story if we are never ever getting back together yeah it is oh gosh Slightly after that, Taylor gives an interview for Vogue at the Rodarte show at New York Fashion Week. And she says, there's just been this earth shattering, not recent, but absolute crash and burn heartbreak. And like, that has to be Liz. Like, it just, <laughs> she was upset about Jake, but like, not that upset. Because she, when she talks about Jake in this article, you can tell because she shades him saying, if a dude is threatened by the fact that I need security or they make me feel like I'm some sort of princessy diva, that's a bad sign. and. I can't deal with someone who's obsessed with privacy. People kind of care if there are two famous people dating, but no one cares that much. If you care about privacy to the point where we need to dig a tunnel under this restaurant so that we can leave, I can't do that. So, like, that feels like Jake Shade. You know, that's her talking about Jake, not, like, recent absolute crash and burn heartbreak. Right, but right, right. And, I mean, we know that's not Taylor Lautner's twink ass. So, like, I don't think it's Joe Jonas. So, who is it, you know? Yeah. Um, and October 30th, Taylor Diaries about having written two songs in the last few days. No, what they are. Um, I've tried to figure it out, but it's just like too complicated. We know they're not State of Grace or Stay, 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 which were written right in the Nashville sessions after All Too Well. Um, we know they're not like the songs that are written towards the end of the album process, like any of the Diana songs. Um, maybe this is where the first draft of Everything Has Changed was written, maybe. I, I feel know. like everything has changed um, would, was drafted a while before because it is obviously originally about Liz. I think Begin Again is one of them. Oh, yeah. Because it's copyright to Oh, probably Begin Again, yeah. Because before that, she had um, written a oh, bunch Speaking of, of Everything songs. Has Changed, the original lyrics for Everything Has Changed uh, are um, All I feel in my stomach is butterflies for a Gemini who'd never tell a lie. And Liz has an unreleased song, according to Warner Chapel Music, called Never Told a Lie. No, um, she are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, she does. No, Jesus Christ. Okay, so like, the, I want to get into lyric analysis because there, that is a bunch of, that is a lot of fun stuff. Um, but I mean, basically the rest of the timeline is Diana shows up in early fall. Taylor writes beginning again because she's fallen in love with her right after meeting her is my theory. Um, the Speak Now tour goes on. So you still get them hanging out. The last big important thing to me is that on the last day of the Speak Now tour, people said Liz looked really sad and like off her game. And I'm skipping way ahead because we have like time limitations. So is, I don't know if there's anything yeah. else we need to um, get into. Not really. But just basically as Diana comes in, Liz kind of fades out. And on the last one, like fans noticed. They were like, Liz looks upset. And basically like, Taylor and Liz have one last lunch date in LA together right before Diana's birthday. Um, and that's what I think the last time is about because it's written like shortly after LA that. LA on your break. And the last time kind of sounds like it's, yeah, LA on your break. The, the thing as a Swift run that I just have to point out is Liz being off and fans noticing it and saying like she, you know, she didn't have a, she seemed, uh, you know, she was she didn't seem happy and the same day diana's tweeting happy day good news happy day what's making you smile today show me so 
Do we want to make a connection between that? I know I do because I feel like Diana's excited because Taylor's saying I'm coming home to you. I want to be with you. And Liz is jealous. Yeah. Anyway. And speaking of Liz being jealous, right after the Hunger Games date, Liz tweets therapy is so 2011. Oh, my God. Taylor actually possibly records the last time on Liz's birthday because she records it right before she records everything has changed with Ed Sheeran, which is the next day. So that's wild. Oh, wait, no, she wrote it during then. And she says, this idea was based on this experience I had with someone who was kind of this unreliable guy. You never know when he's going to leave, never know when he's going to come back, but he always does come back, um, which, you know, back that and forth. That sounds like Liz that. to but me, to me, because like back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Um, we know from people who met Liz after she was uh, let go from the agency said she was like, partying drunk out of control she's written some songs where she talks about like feeling lost and having a really dark time at this point in her life like she had stuff going on that was outside of the taylor breakup and my best guess is that taylor was like okay you can't come on the red tour like you need to go take care of yourself and she does end up going to therapy and getting back on her feet um later but that that is how the last time reads to me it doesn't sound like it, like it's kind of a romance song but it's also like this is the last time i'm asking you like please like, it's talking to an addict. Right. That is that is how I read it. Um, other songs about Liz. I Knew You Were Trouble, written before Harry was even 18. Correct. <laughs> written in January of 20, um, late December, early January of that year. Um, sounds like it's about Liz. So much of the music video points. We'll get to that. Um, we Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. The story is Taylor's working on I Knew You Were Trouble in the studio. And um, this guy walks in who's a friend of someone she had previously dated and asked if they were getting back together. And that's wild for me because if it's about, like, Jake, like, who's this friend who's walking into the studio being like, did you guys get back together? But if it's, you know, if it's about Liz, that makes sense because it's the agency. Right. It could be one of her bandmates asking about. Like, if if they came in to, like, I don't know, record a guitar riff or something. And they were like, hey, are y'all getting back together? Like, it, Well, it and the other sense. thing is um, she said the person that she wrote the song about hated pop music. So she wanted to make a pop song that would like be everywhere. And Liz is kind of like a music. She did. I mean, Liz, like her music, some of it has been like. Liz is, gives me indie hipster vibes, as does Diana. Um, but like, you know, I just can see her sort of t- thumbing her nose up at super popular music of course Liz ends up singing some pop but it's not like pop pop it's like underground sort of you know lesser known it has pop aesthetics Mm -hmm. but it's not what I would call pop necessarily and she sings some country songs yeah so um and so Liz is let go from the agency on December September 13th and um someone later on reddit said I met Liz once she was obnoxious drinking heavily and just loud this was in a small room with four people I asked her about what happened with Taylor and everyone was like, ooh, don't ask her that. And she said she got fired because getting out of control. Sounds like a girl that's trouble. Yeah. So there's some late stage stuff. But, um, oh, one more thing before we get into lyric analysis. Taylor directly says she based the red, like, photo book off of headshots someone had done of Liz. Yeah, so. she used Liz's photographer. And she said, I want these to look like. Liz's headshots, basically. Um, and that photographer is still Liz's roommate to this day. Hmm. I love a girl with a lady roommate. 
Okay. Yeah. And the one thing I'll say is whatever happened with Taylor, they're probably good now. Because Taylor yeah. played all too well for her on the reputation door, which is very cute. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a photo of them possibly working on music together in 2015. Right. So, uh-huh. you know, um, I think they went through their shit. And if something happened, they're both over it now. So uh, yeah. I don't want anybody calling because that's the thing. People said that Diana's toxic because Red is about her. The breakup songs on Red are about a toxic relationship when, you know, the breakup songs on Red are not about Diana. But even if they're about Liz, whatever they went through, they went through it and they're good now. So let's not call. I don't want, I like Liz. I don't think we should be calling her. Yeah. I I don't think it's like fair, especially if there was addiction involved or something like that. Like, I don't think it's fair to be like, hmm, toxic. Right. Because like relationships are more complicated than that. The Liz song that most explicitly references Taylor's lyrics is called That's What You Get. It came out in 2019. Um. It's wild. Like, um, other songs that are probably about Taylor are this song called Good About Her, which, like, seems to reference Begin Again. I love, okay, Good About Her, you can only hear, like, a clip on, like, a, a, like, a copyright website that, like, and y'all, I emailed them because I wanted to see how much it cost to buy the song. I would use it as the fucking theme song for this podcast because I just want to hear the whole song and all the lyrics to it. But it definitely sounds like it could be about Liz singing about what's so good about Diana. So do you want to go with some of the lyrics from that song? Soft-spoken, sweet thing. She moves like a dream. Sounds like Diana. Um, I bet that you love the respect that you get, don't you? She plays, she keeps it so cool. She plays by the rules. What a boring masterpiece. Which is funny because Taylor says in all too well, this thing was a masterpiece. So you tore it all up. Um, Missing me, aren't you? Um, oh, it's almost laughable. You say you're compatible, but she's nothing like me, which is true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's, what's so good about her? Um, uh, and then, and then the last, the the little last, um, the song cuts out are that time we parked outside of the bar. Couldn't wait till we got home. All our clothes came off. Does she make you swear? And then it cuts off like right before it gets spicy, (laughs) but to kissing cars in downtown bars was all we needed. So like that's just oh god i hope good about her is about taylor and diana because it kind of reads as the other the flip side to begin again a bit where like taylor's singing about Mm -hmm. this soft like sweet angel baby that you know is like very just good natured and kind and positive and um of course i kind of think that the he in begin again is jake because of the height thing but yeah, I I just don't think women would like be like, uh, she's taller than uh, me. she's wearing high heels. I don't like it. Like that's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it could happen, but uh, good about her. I love that, and it's a good song too. Like it sounds good. I like it. Um, yeah. So in the songs, the songs that come out right after Liz leaves the band, there's one called Never Know where she has the lyric. Um, sometimes I catch myself singing your old song. Um, Jason was a musician, so like maybe it's about him, but like. Come on, right after she leaves the band, <laughs> a year after her and Jason have broken up. I mean, up. Jason might be a musician, but like Liz sang Taylor songs professionally. Like literally, that was her job mm-hmm. was to sing Taylor songs. So like, yeah, you know. In Blessed Are the Brokenhearted, she talks about a love burning up out of control. Um, you know, which is very much like burning red, love breaking and burning and ending. Um. Liz releases a song called One Hand on the Wheel that talks about love using the metaphor of a car, which is also from Red. Um, uh, 
see what else. Oh, the song, um, I just sent it to you. The one that we have the copyright for 2014. Um, there's a song she wrote in 2014, which is when she was with the guy she almost married named Brian. Um, that's called Put My Heart Down. And it's about walking away from a relationship that's toxic. And the line I know the best is put my heart down and walk away just like it was a loaded gun, um, which is very much like how their relationship ended. Uh, like letting go of something that's toxic and dangerous. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Cool Summer, uh, which I guess we kind of already have, but I want to kind of get into it. And maybe some of other t- Taylor's other songs that might be about Liz. So here's the thing. Cruel Summer, I do absolutely think, is a Taylor anthem. However, on the board game in Lover that has a Cruel Summer Easter egg, of it's like called Devils Roll the Dice, Angels Roll Their Eyes. It says it has 0527 as like a serial number on it. And Taylor doesn't do this stuff by accident. And 0527 is Liz's birthday. And Cruel Summer, the story of that relationship, is very much how I imagine Taylor's to be. So it has to be secret. It is something undefined. There's no rules. Everything's sort of tenuous. And um, people are just getting drunk and crying about it and lying about their feelings and saying they're fine when they're not. And that is exactly how I picture Taylor's to be. Now, yeah. Is that exactly how I picture Carly to be? Yes. Or Kayla to be? Yes. But, you know, you have to wonder why did she put Liz's birthday on that board game? Yeah. It, dri- it literally keeps me up at night. It drives me crazy because I think it's a Kayla song. Like, there's no way it can't be. But, like, why did she do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, we got, we should talk about the, um, the shut the fuck up and hold me music video. Yeah, I was about to say, Liz has some eggs in her music videos that seem to point to Taylor. Yeah, um, Shut the Fuck Up and Hold Me has so many references to the I Knew You Were Trouble music video. The love interest wears a key necklace, just like Taylor wears a key necklace in the music video. There are, like, similar shots of them, like, in diners, holding hands, standing on train tracks, all of that stuff. Um, it has a very similar color palette. It's shot very similarly. Um, considering that Liz has said she's, like, deliberately trying to keep her image separate from Taylor, it seems really weird to me she would, like, rip off one of her music videos. but. Like, this is one of those situations where could it be cloud chasing or could it be gay? No one knows. <laughs> That's true. Anytime any of these women do something, it's like, is it cloud chasing or is it gay? Like Carly, you know, like, you know, Diana's streaming Cardigan. Is it because Cardigan's about her and she's still in love with Taylor and she's trying to let us know that? Or is she just trying to get a job? Like, we don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. Uh, but Liz has said in an interview that the song is about getting to a point in a relationship where you're sick of going around and around talking about the same issue with your partner and it's time to wave the white flag. Uh, I think the song is actually written about the end of her relationship with Brian, who, like, um, they were engaged for a while, um, and then he ended up cheating on her with the woman he was working on tour with and marrying her instead. So some of Liz's songs, like, hate you, uh, read more like they're about Brian. Mm-hmm. But the funny part of Hate You is that, like, Liz played the Bridezilla in the Speak Now um, album art. And in Hate You, Liz also interrupts someone's wedding. And the wedding is a blonde lady. And at the end of the music video, Liz kisses her. Yeah, so, like, Liz and, and 
the the music video i feel like it has all like there's a lot of she wears a lot of red in it and i mean i do think if you think this song is about this guy she's engaged to i probably i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you defer to your knowledge on that but it is funny that she goes and interrupts a wedding and in, and then she kisses the bride instead of the groom and it's sort of like it seems to be sort of lighthearted and kind of funny it's not like she pulls her yeah. in for like some romantic like this 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 twist isn't that she was in love with the bride the whole time. That's not the story of the song. But like, she does go kiss this girl with long blonde curly hair that reminds me of Taylor's Speak Now hair. Yeah, I think it's so funny because she didn't have to do that, right? No. Like, especially because this is before the music video comes out before Brian and Jillian get engaged to each other. So, like, it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense. She'd be using the wedding as an Easter egg for them. It feels like she's using it as a speak now reference, right. but I don't know. Um, in her song, don't love you anymore. She also has a lyric. Uh, I don't steal your chapstick anymore. Okay. Um, I don't have a washer and dryer full of guitar picks anymore. Brian was also a musician, so it might be that, but, um, did he play guitar? I don't run. I guess most musicians do even casually. Yeah. Like I don't run to your friends to get them on my side when we fight anymore, which once again, like, that's such a theme through Taylor's music about Liz. Um, I don't play you my songs anymore just to see if they're good anymore. Uh, you don't tell me your secrets because you don't know if I keep them to myself anymore. And then she has this line that's two years on counting, still got all this weight on my chest. Um, which also makes me think it might be about Brian. But once again, it's hard to tell. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Then there's a song called Damn It, which came out in 2018 but liz made this facebook post that implied it was written like a long time before and her and brian didn't break up until the end of like 2017 so um i don't think that means it was written i think that means well it was written while she was still with brian and there's a line about playing guitar in the kitchen um and you know dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light i don't know yeah i feel like by this point we just get into like is Brian, is it about Liz? Uh, are there any other songs you want to talk about? Well, some of Taylor's music. So, Treacherous is a big one for me. Because Taylor did say that I Knew Your Trouble and Treacherous were written about the same person. However, she stunted yeah. the hardest, I think, other than just naming the song after him, which, of course, she did with Dear John and Style, the hardest stunting she has ever done in trying to convince us that a song is about this fucking boy is I Knew Your Trouble with Harry. So she puts, she makes the model where the tattoos of his, it's his tattoos in the music video. She tweets the lyrics when they supposedly break up. She tells a reporter that it was directed at him when she performed it at the Brits or whatever. And then she, but she also stunts in the liner notes of Treacherous where it's, um, can't stop till it's over. Or Once. I think it's Won't Stop Till It's Over. Won't Stop yeah. Till It's Over, which is a lyric from a song that Harry got tattooed on him. Mm-hmm. And I think, to me, we know Treacherous was copyrighted in 2012. And we know it was probably written sometime in the spring because of when Dan Wilson was working on um, the, the music with her. And so it was probably written in the spring. Now, Treacherous... Yeah, which means it was written really close to I Knew You Were Trouble, which doesn't make sense to me if, like, the breakup song is written first and then the fall. Right, so I knew, well, I Knew You Were Trouble, would, the chorus would have been written and, like, the song would have started being written four or five months before that. And I think it's weird to write the breakup song and then write the song. But, I mean, listen, Taylor's very nostalgic. I have learned in doing this podcast that I'm a cancer moon and that me and so is Taylor. And that means we're both very nostalgic and I would absolutely do something like that. Like I 
we write a song I've written I write some poetry here and there it's not good you guys will never hear it but um I would write things out of order just reflecting on things however I think she may have said treacherous and I knew her trouble were about the same person because part of the the PR deal with Harry would have been he needs a love song and a breakup song and I think Haler was yeah. supposed to go on that spring and summer I think Taylor starts seeing Diana and they said, Oh, you're going to be singing about a girl with green eyes. Okay. Well, you need to, we need somebody for you. And Harry Styles is perfect. And then Harry messed it up by making out with that rando and getting Pap doing it. And so they had to like find Connor Kennedy and like reorganize things. But, um, yeah. So to me, treacherous is about Diana. Um, but I can I will ar- entertain arguments that it's about Liz since she said it's about the same person that I knew your trouble is about because sometimes I think Taylor does want to be a bit more truthful. Sometimes I think she yeah. sort of does want people to know you know realities around her music even if she can, if they can't know exactly who it's about. But I think mm-hmm. I knew your trouble is about Liz and treacherous is about her falling for Diana because later in style she references like you know, the late night driving and sneaking around and all of that again. And I think the way I see it is it's about both Liz and Diana and that it's her reflecting on her relationship with Liz and being like, this is dangerous. I got really hurt last time. Right. But I like can't stop. You know what I mean? That's a good take. I definitely like that. Any other, I don't know. Are there any other songs on red that we haven't really got? I mean, I knew you were trouble. We haven't gotten really into, uh, but like, that's not really it. I, for me, if I had to name like the top three Liz songs from Red, it would be The Last Time, uh, All Too Well, and the song Red. <laughs> what about Stay, Stay, Stay? Oh, yeah. I can make a, I can make a reachy case for that. Um, it, it's the last. Oh, and State of Grace. Um, because of the golden age of something good and right and real. Uh, so Stay, Stay, Stay and State of Grace were written right after All Too Well. Um, I think it was All Too Well in, in 2010, State of Grace in 2010, and then Stay, Stay, Stay 2011, or maybe the second two are flipped. But Stay, Stay, Stay is like, I don't know, very cute. Like people fighting when they're in a relationship. Um, doesn't really sound like it's about Jake. I could maybe give State of Grace to Jake, but, you know, golden age. Um, but in the background of the tour, she has this carousel during Stay, Stay, Stay um, in the Red Tour. And the carousel looks almost exactly like what the carousel looked like at the or- at the San Bernardino County Fair, which is the second place they met. Um, so the way, the way it looked like that year. Maybe a little. Definitely a reach, but a fun yeah, one. Yeah, maybe a fun little clue. Is there anything, any, any post? Red songs other than Cruel Summer, which I still I've got to give it to Taylor. I've got to. Taylor, yeah. if you want us to think Cruel Summer is about Liz, give us a different sign. Give us more clues. I imagine we we um, missed a bunch of Easter eggs that would have been at Loverfest, but if I had to pick like four, it would be Cruel Summer, Cardigan for reasons we've already mentioned. I think Liz thought this love was about her. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh right. She because she so she said she said for like a year, she was like, it's my favorite song of 1989. And then I think somewhere along the line, she like, this is my crack theory, realized it wasn't about her and was like, never mind. My favorite song is You Are In Love, the only song not about Diana. Right. That's funny. She switched from Swift Run to Kaler because she was bitter about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, which, of course, like, a joke, mostly. Well, I can see Liz thinking that because this love is good, this love is bad. Like, the back and forth of, you know, Taylor is, like... And then she tweeted about the one when Folklore came out. My comment on that was because all of Taylor's exes want it to be about them. Right. I think all, like, all the exes, I think, are, like, battling. Because Liz tweeted about the one. Diana streamed that song where it said, you're saying I'm the one, but I can't deal with all your lovers. And then, of course, Carly did every fucking extra ass thing she did that summer. Like... Who knows who it's about, but they're all trying to make people. Oh, make- Liz was also at like the 26th. Calvin, Josh, and Carly were there, which I think is so funny. Um, they didn't like hang out or anything that we know of, right? We have no proof that they did, but we know they were also both at a Gram- uh, Grammy's after party. Yeah. Any, I mean, I, mean, I don't suppose uh, other than. See, on 1989, there is so much Diana in all- that album. I hate that I even can make a case for, you know, um, I do think that she was inspired by seeing Diana dressed up as James Dean in that in style magazine that that's on. Yeah, no, uh, I don't, I haven't found anything on Evermore that I like really think about. Um, Liz did tweet the phrase champagne problems a few times, but like, it's a joke. Right. (laughs) Like, um, I don't know. My favorite, like crack, like when I'm on my crack bullshit for folklore and Evermore is the, um, Liz is William Power theory. Oh which yeah. Is okay. So wh- I lo- I had so much fun with before like the Joe reveal happened because Taylor and Liz were working on music together in 2015 that we never heard. Right. Uh, so Liz is a singer songwriter and William Barry, whoever that is, tell I I mean here's the thing. I think it's probably Joe, but you have the American citizenship issue on the copyright. Is what is? Are there any other clues? Like, does Liz have a William in her name somewhere? Like. What is the Liz? No, but she was at the Vogue photo shoot at the Bowery Hotel in 2012. Where Taylor took that fucking photo shoot and then Diana. I love how all three girls are tied to that. Liz was there and both Carly and Diana tweeted about it. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. And Liz and that's where Taylor and Liz cut their veins to be the same. Um, But no, that's like, it's just a crack theory. Also because Betty is a a nickname for Elizabeth. Well, that's, I mean, I love that Carly's middle name is Elizabeth. So there's a Betty. Liz's name is Elizabeth. So there's a Betty. And then Diana, Naya calls her Elizabeth Taylor. And that was the Glee cast nickname for her. Um, and Naya, like, put yeah. it in her book. It was so popular to call her that. And so there she's Betty. So, like, yeah, all these girls so are out here fucking. It, it's just a crack theory. <laughs> uh, but I, that is what Liz being William Bowery is my, like, fucking favorite. Because, like, I, I would just be so here for that. And Liz is a singer-songwriter. She is an American citizen. She does have this very interesting connection to Taylor. And... Yeah, they worked on music we had never heard yet. They were working on music in, like, 2015 that we never heard. And, you know, Liz is just, like... I want more Liz. She's a very interesting character in the cast of characters that is the Gaylor Swift cinematic universe. Like... It would be hilarious. But I also, like, love her. And I really don't want her Instagram comments to ever look like Diana and Carly's. Bless so like her. if you're listening to this this is not yeah. permission leave liz alone for you to ever touch her on social media i think everybody who listens would know to leave celebs alone but like yeah like i would hate that especially because it could just be directly traced back to like me and mercury on park lane like it's our fault if that happens yeah so. oh liz has that one lyric where she says something about sour candy and whiskey oh yeah uh that's from uh Shut the fuck up and hold me. It's sour candy and whiskey on the first night you kissed me. Right. And Taylor and... was always like tweeting about Sour Patch, watermelon Sour Patch mm-hmm. kids or whatever. 
Yeah, eating Sour Patch Kids with Liz. That was one of their, like, favorite movie night snacks. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so Mercury on Parkland on Tumblr has, like, so much great Tay Liz content. But she, like, don't, I mean, and she'll go, she's like me. She'll make any song about Liz, like I do with Diana. I can make any song about Diana. Like, I can take any song and make it about her. But, like, it's still, it's like crack, right? Like, there's some songs I legitimately yeah. think are about Diana. But, like, most of, you know, most of the time I'm just doing it just to do it. So this Mercury on Park is really cool. And she will make anything out to be about Liz. But you don't have to go send her hate. Like, if she goes and says, yeah. like, you know, the one is about Liz. Like, that's fine. She's allowed to say that. Like, it's cool. I think it's cool. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yes. Well, she is also so good at finding, like, random recites. She found, like, the most footage of Dance Wars you can find. Right. Um, she's, like, really good at finding Liz clues. And so, like. Um, I'm the one who like put the timeline together, but she's the one who's like, if you want like random like info, definitely go look through her blog because there's so much more that like I didn't put on the timeline because I just like you need to create a narrative right. at some point. And sometimes there are things that just like aren't don't fit enough into the narrative to like be considered important. But there's so much on there. Um, let me see if there's anything else I didn't add to the timeline that I have like reblogged on like the to add. Oh, uh, when Taylor moved into her Nashville condo, she made two rooms specifically, one for Caitlin and one for Liz in the condo for them to stay in. Didn't Um, she talk about having to stay on the phone all night with Liz when she moved? Okay, yes. I read that in an article once and then I never found it again. No, but I've seen it too before. Like, I've heard it. Like, people say that. I mean, I feel like it's true. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll have to. Listener, if you have a receipt on that, please send it in to me or send it into Taylor's Master Post. Because we would love to get that on the record. But I'm pretty sure she said something about having to stay up on the phone with her all night because she was like, you know, kind of stressed out about living alone for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely read that and then I couldn't find it again, but both of us saw it. It was like a while ago. Right. Liz, the only song on Red that Liz did backup vocals on is The Moment I Knew, which is interesting because she was doing backup vocals throughout the Speak Now album. Um, to me, that does suggest that she was supposed to like go on the tour with them and then got cut because she was getting out of control um let's see is there anything else it's a bunch of gay stuff um, oh well, Taylor's arm lyrics are fun to look at liz might have liz may be dating a woman now right yes so i this is this is the theory i have she's been intensely private about this new relationship she's in you can tell she's in a new relationship because on valentine's day she posted a song that was like for you and it had a little flower emoji um she's written a bunch of new songs recently but they haven't been released yet she's been very private like i can't find anything and with her past two relationships with dudes she was like tweeting at them constantly yeah she was very public about who she was dating or who she wasn't in the past and now she's she's definitely dating someone because it was other than other than for you she was like she said something like this is all about you know the person i'm with now or she said, she said yeah, something, something like, like that. was like, I'm in a relationship. And, but she's being very hush hush about it. And, you know. Um, so, in summation, Taylor's is awesome. Better Than Revenge is an iconic, sapphic moment in history. We need to do like a mm-hmm. chart. I don't know. I, if anybody's like good at making gifts, like very, like, like the chart that is in the, uh, Swift Grand Master Post of the Shell handholds. We need one like comparing all the better than revenge moments. Yeah, send me an ask if you want to, and I'll send you the Google Doc I have with every single better than revenge performance fan cam YouTube link on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Liz was 
was trouble, but she's doing better now. And Taylor played all too well for her on the Reputation tour, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. And also, Liz is close with uh, Anthony from Queer Eye's boyfriend. And so Anthony and Taylor are friends now. So they're like, they're in a similar social circle. And uh, Liz is fun because she has music and music videos that we get to uh, do analysis on and see if there's any links back to Taylor. And um, it's, it's, uh, it is, I think the big three should be Taylor, Safran, and Taylor's personally. Like there's more Taylor's content. It's not a problematic ship. And Liz is cool and like releases music and stuff. So we're still getting new content, right? And it's not just like us like trying to do analysis on Diana's Spotify. Like it's actual songs and things that she's writing. So yeah. Um, And she has a bunch that have not been released. Like if you go on Warner Chapel and you search her name, like Elizabeth Hewitt, you'll find a bunch of songs that like just aren't out yet. Yeah. You can listen to some of them. Yeah. What's your favorite Liz song? My favorite list on um, nothing personal. <laughs> I think it's like it's so fun. Uh, why? Do, why is it so fun? Do you think it's about Taylor? No, because she released it like the day after Brian and Jillian got married. Oh yeah, so Liz is like a petty <laughs> bitch. Like Liz is like, oh my god, that's hilarious. I love her. Yeah, no, I just think it's a fun song. Um, I also really like. Wait, I have all of them in front of her. In front of me. Um, hate you is fun. Um, Responsible is also like a like a getting messy drunk party anthem. I don't know. Her music's pretty good. All over the place. Um, she doesn't have a very consistent sound. Like she has a good voice and stuff. No. But like I, I don't know what. And also I hate how she titles her songs. They're always like. Oh yeah. No it's so embarrassing. Yeah. It's like hate you is H8 you. And, like, Shut the Fuck Up and Hold Me, she abbreviates it in the song title. And it's just, like, she does STFU. Like, Liz, like, stop trying to fit in with the cool kids. Like, just name your songs normal things. Like, it's, it yeah. is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her that she does that. But she has a good voice. My favorite song is good about her. Like, it de- I can just tell. I would like, I, you can't even yeah. hear the full song. And maybe I like it just because of the Swift Ground implications. But, yeah. Um... I love how she's like. Do we want to cl- do we want to close out with that? Send it to me and I'll put it in. Um, but I m- that's my favorite thing is that she's like. I bet you love the respect you get. Liz is like. Ugh, I bet you love that Diana respects you so much, Taylor. God, like that is just the energy yeah. I'm here for because like I'm- Diana holds the door once. Liz, I know. Uh, annoyed. <laughs> right. Taylor's like. Oh, Diana held the door for me. Liz hates it. Um, and Liz is like, remember when we used to fucking cars in parking lots? <laughs> like, <laughs> the energy there is just so on point. I love the Taylor's yeah, as so. compared to Swiftron is like a really wonderful, fun notion. Yeah. And it definitely is fun. I would recommend, like, especially going through the latter half, which we didn't really get to, but like, most of the latter half is just the start of Swiftron. So I'm sure you've heard about it all already. But it's definitely fun to go through that end of it and just watch Liz spiral. I mean, it's not fun because, like, it sucks for her. But, like. But, I mean, it, <laughs> it makes for good folklore, right? As you said. Like, watching Liz spiral yes. out as Taylor falls for Diana. And then, of course, Diana has a very similar spiral when Taylor meets Carly. So, it's honestly, mm-hmm. it all goes full circle, right? 
But uh, with that, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to add? I feel like that's you it. You want to drop your socials, promote anything? Um, yeah, uh, just go check out the Taylor's Master Post. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to do my other Tumblr because I don't post any Gaylor content on there. But um, yeah, no, it's a good time. Send me any questions there. I've probably messed something up or said something wrong. Um, and if you like catch that, let me know because I want that Master Post to be as accurate as possible. Um, and go follow Mercury on Parkland if you really love Taylor's content and want to see it like some fun takes every day. Uh, yeah. 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to Liz. If Liz releases any so new welcome. music or anything, we'll have to like do a reaction pod or something like, um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, guys, um, as usual, you know where to find me on Tumblr. So if you're gonna get married and send me any, you know, if you like Taylor's stuff, let me know. Um, and we'll, I, I try and reblog and add stuff. If I see it, but the real Taylor's experts are Taylor's master post on Tumblr and Mercury on Parkline. And um, mm-hmm. if you're loving it, if you're loving the content, go ahead and join the Patreon. We have really been going off on Patreon content lately. Um, so if you are missing, you know, the pod, go check it out. It's it's We're All Mad on Patreon. It's also linked in my pinned post on Tumblr. And I might change the podcast name to Swift Foundation. So if I do that, Search Swift Foundation, I guess. I, don't, I haven't decided yet, but I'm trying to cover my bases. 